everyone, I'm Mel Sainsbury, Veterinary Education Manager, and today's episode is brought to you by Nature's Menu, the UK and Europe's leading expert in raw and natural pet food. Now, behavioural changes and lockdown, we've all felt it, our pets have felt it too. As a dog gets older, you may also see a shift in behaviour too. So I'll be touching on ways to manage this transition whilst chatting to the lovely, multi-talented Anna Webb, journalist and BBC Radio London presenter, nutritionist, trainer and the host of A Dog's Life with Anna Webb podcast. Welcome, Anna, and thank you very much for joining us. No, thank you, Melanie. What an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> now, you are mum to Prudence and Mr. Binks, which are fantastic names, by the way. And I had the pleasure of meeting both of them at recent cross. Yes. And um, how have you found their behaviour, especially during the lockdown period? Well, it's such a good question, isn't it? Um, I have actually found that my dogs are showing symptoms of lockdown, as defined by the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons, um, whose study on lockdown dogs, not only in the UK, but across Europe, uh, mainly in Spain and also in Italy, um, their findings so far are actually revealing that dogs are just barking more for no apparent reason. Um, I don't know about you, Mel, if you've seen your dogs barking more, uh, but I certainly have noticed uh, that both Mr Binks and Prudence are just barking more. I haven't noticed it a huge amount with my older dog, I must admit. Um, he reacts to sort of car doors slamming and voices outside anyway, but um, we're generally quite a noisy couple. We constantly have the radio on pretty much 24 hours a day. So um, we try and drown out different, not for not for drowning out particular sounds, but it's just something that we've always done. We've always had music playing in the background, but um, my older dog is pretty chilled anyway. Um, um, and my young puppy, who is currently uh, just coming up to five months, he's pretty much taken it all in his stride as well. So um, but it's really interesting. I can totally see why these dogs would be completely freaked out about new things, new situations, owners being at home, the whole family being at home. It's all a little bit strange for them. Yes, I mean, that hasn't affected mine really so much because I work from home being freelance. So that aspect, both for my my own mental health <laughs> and theirs, um, our routine hasn't really changed that much. But barking happens for so many different reasons, not least, of course, as you know, Mel, for um, attention seeking behaviour. And even though I work from home, um, normally I would go to meetings, I'd go to the BBC to do the radio show now and probably forever will be be done at home um, I won't actually go anywhere so I've been here a lot more than I would be anyway you know even though I do work from home uh, there have been no meeting people for coffees really a bit more recently but in that that main sort of first three to four months um, so of course it's like you're at home I want your attention the whole time and this certainly is something Prudence thinks anyway and it's it's been about really punctuating dogs days which I think working from home I'm pretty good at anyway because you have to structure your day being freelance and you know basing it around proactive play I'm so fortunate I've got a garden I mean without a garden during that time 
I don't know, you know, whether I'd have coped as well or whether my dogs would have coped so well. But fortunately, we we're able to do fetch in the garden, you know, have a bit of a burst, have a bit of a, a focus game. And then we go back and settle again. And by channeling dogs energies through the day, which is something I'm a great believer of, you know, it's um a way to give them structure as well as giving you structure. And that's why dogs are so good for us. <laughs> one of the reasons why they're so good for us, especially when you're working from home. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely agree with that. Definitely. Do you think there's any particular dogs that are more likely to display bad behaviour? Where do you think people should get started if they have noticed that their dogs are um, or their behaviours changed? Where would you advise people get started to help them? Well, you know, look up a local trainer, a local behaviorist who, you know, might be able to help initially doing a Zoom consultation because it's still very difficult to go into people's homes I know myself on a personal level I'm still a bit reticent to go well I haven't done any actually sort of home visits because that, that would break down so, you know break social distancing regulations um, and to be fair I wouldn't feel comfortable with it so for example how I'm doing it is doing zoom consultations initially um, and then meeting up with somebody and going on their regular walk in in, in the park um, and working through some issues like pulling on the lead, for example, um, in, in that way. So everything has changed so dramatically. This is this is the thing. Even, you know, consulting on, with dog training, it's not how it used to be. So we're all adapting. But um, initially, it's all about focus and um, working on getting your dog's focus and learning um, how to do that with simple techniques, which will then gain trust and communication and respect from your dog to you. And that builds um, a line of communication that you are then able to develop. And as I always like to say, the sky is the limit. I think that's brilliant advice. Absolutely brilliant advice. It's, it's definitely worth looking up a, a professional to help you through rather than just giving up and accepting that that's how life is going to be with your dog. You want it to be pleasant. You want it to be fun. You want to be able to enjoy your time with your dog. So if you are having problems, then then definitely act upon it and, and get it sorted before it gets out of hand and, and speak to a, a professional. Um, what do you think is the impact of diet on our dog's behaviour? There's a lot of talk about feeding the right thing, feeding the wrong thing, looking at good quality diets, but a good quality diet to one person might not be a good quality diet to another person. So what sort of things do you point out to your clients? Right. Well, as, as you, you know, I've, um, I'm, I'm an adamant raw food feeder. Um, I have actually been feeding, um, nature's menu for many years dating back sort of over 18 years actually um so from my perspective and it's always um important to say that you know feeding is an emotional subject um but more and more now uh because the NHS is really driving home on a human level um, that we really, really must cut down on processed foods for our own health. I'm talking, you know, to human level here. Um, and the reason uh, we're being told this is because of obesity, you know, in people it's rising and processed foods uh, tend to put on weight, obviously a lot easier than uh, fresh natural functional whole foods so my advice is to all my clients when I see them with their puppies is to switch from 
uh, perhaps a kibble diet that might have been recommended to them onto uh, a more fresh diet that doesn't contain any sugars. Um, because just as we're being, you know, asked to cut down sugars because sugars create hyperactivity, sugar can create inflammation in the body, which can lead to disease and um, obesity related ones in particular, like diabetes, arthritis, and heart disease. It, all these diseases stem from inflammation and sugar promotes inflammation. It's pro-inflammatory. So to keep yourself and your dog healthy, it's a good idea to eat anti-inflammatory foods. So, and these are foods that you're predisposed to digest easily as well. So when you're looking at a dog, I believe dogs are carnivores, um, so that they are predisposed to eat animal fat and animal protein. And that all, you know, funnels back into feeding a fresh natural diet, ideally raw or slightly cooked. Um, that for me is uh, my ideal and that's what I recommend uh, to my clients. Have you ever noticed a difference when you've seen sort of a, a dog that's maybe been on a, on not the best diet for a period of time and then you've advised switching them over on something more natural have you ever noticed a difference in a huge difference way? Mel huge difference <laughs> I can't tell you um mainly I would say in their their coat initially and their their brighter eyes their uh slimmer physique uh, that's uh, another aspect actually so many dogs are a little bit overweight at the moment um the PDSA do say one in two dogs now so 50 percent are in fact porky um, and I believe that on a on a kibble based diet it's really hard to get a dog to lose weight uh, simply because the food that you're feeding is so high glycemic and potentially not as nutritionally dense as feeding um, a more natural diet that you're kind of you know uh, losing lose, losing the battle really whereas if you switch and then handle you know getting a, a porky dog slim by feeding them on what I call real food um, you'll have much more success uh, simply because there won't be any sugars there which obviously sugars create fat cells um, and I notice anyway more muscular in look the dogs will be after about two months um, brighter more more, more vibrant, I guess is the word, and the coat. The coat is a big telltale sign. I find that on dogs fed a raw diet, when you touch the dog, your hand will glide over the coat. Whereas sometimes when you touch dogs, you notice that your hand doesn't actually stick to them. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but the gliding doesn't happen. It's something I've just noticed over the years and judging some companion dog shows, I can spot a raw food dog a mile away. I can definitely vouch for that because obviously working with clients and customers that have switched their dogs over to a raw food and they ring you back with success stories and say how wonderful it is. I mean, we are obviously um, very pro in saying that raw doesn't suit everybody. It doesn't suit everybody's lifestyle. But I think if, if you've tried everything else or you want to make a difference, then definitely 
have a try at raw just just give it a go you're not going to do anybody any harm go to somebody that's responsible go to a good supplier and and see if it does make a difference with your own dog um and certainly behavior wise i've had a lot of reports from trainers and behaviorists saying that even just a simple diet switch can have a huge impact on behavior i mean it's it's comparable to feeding a class of five-year-olds a diet of haribo um, and <laughs> sit there and concentrate for a math lesson in the afternoon it's the equivalent of feeding your dog a really terrible diet and then expecting them to settle or do some training later on in the day it's it's just not going to happen so yeah definitely worth having a look at your own dog's diet if you are having problems or suffering or they've been going through different problems it's definitely worth addressing i think Nature's Menu is dedicated to the health and well-being of its pets and yours. Discover the world of raw and more by visiting naturesmenu.co.uk. The Pupcast podcast is offering an exclusive 20% discount to its listeners. Simply enter Pupcast20 at the naturesmenu.co.uk checkout. Obviously, a lot of people's situations have changed, and I think a lot of those changes will be permanent. And I think there's quite a few families out there now considering looking at rehoming a dog or rescuing a dog because they will have time for it. Um, Have you got any tips on rescuing or rehoming a dog or going to a rescue centre, what people should consider and look out for? Well, I think it's always important to choose the right dog for your lifestyle and to be really honest about, you know, yourself, really. Are you that person that likes to go to Cumbria and um, go for long hikes? Or are you more the sort of person that likes to stroll along the towpath locally? Um, You might have more time now, but you've got to always think ahead. That might not last. You know, when you're bringing a dog into your life, you've got to understand it is, as I've been saying lately, a dog is for life, (laughs) not just for lockdown. And um, I think that's something you've got to remember. This is not just for a year. This isn't just because you have more time now and the dog might be a convenient um, lifestyle accessory for you to help entertain you while you've got more time on your hands no this is for the life of the dog and you might rescue a dog about age two and hopefully you know that dog will be with you till it's 15 or so you know Um, and you have to be honest with your own experience just because you might have had a Labrador when you were growing up you know that doesn't make you a dog expert but the good thing is you know all of the rescue and rehoming centers are aware you know and they the last thing these places want is for that dog to you know go back to them you know steps are really in place now to ensure that the right match between you know prospective owner and and the dog are made so that it will be hopefully a lifelong um, successful relationship yeah I think any reputable rescue center will give you full support of before you adopt and after you adopt many of them have follow-up consultations and behaviorists that will pop around and visit you well after you've rehomed the dog as well to sort of iron out any problems that you might be having so yeah definitely worth going to a reputable rescue center before approaching that that's for sure we need to take into account other things that might have an effect on behavior so um we've got big seasonal things coming up we've got halloween coming up we've got bonfire night coming up we've got christmas 
Christmas coming up, New Year, um, Easter breaks, half term breaks, etc. Where you might think, oh, it's wonderful, the kids are going to be on holiday, but that means that everyone's going to be indoors again. So, what sort of things can we do in preparation for those? big things that might make a slight difference to our dog's behavior so what what you should do ideally is desensitize dogs to the the high and the low frequencies of fireworks that generally are what what triggers the fear in dogs um so if you've got a lockdown puppy this will be you know it's first bonfire night uh there are cds mel you'll know of them that are available that you can play while your dog's eating and you gradually turn the sound up um on the on the firework sounds and so the dog will learn that those sounds are a good thing because they are associated with food. So that's one thing you can do um, with children running around and so on. Um, obviously lockdown puppies now are now adolescents or coming up to being teenagers. So that's when you will see a lot of behaviors change. Uh, so I advise investing in things like child gates so that the dog can go to a place where he can just hang out, you know, and not be poked and prodded or you know constantly um you know played with like sometimes children like to do so dogs need time on their own um and you need a place where you know your dog can just go you can close the child gate and you know your dog's in there while the children are running around frantically playing halloween games or trick-or-treat or something and settle your dog in its usual bed with i like kongs i mean you you know for me you can't beat a kong providing you stuff it with something lovely fresh and nutritionally relevant for your dog um to you know distract him keep him mentally simulated no i think that's great advice i'm a massive fan of kongs or any sort of treat dispensing toy anything like that and i have again i have great fun sort of devising recipes and thinking of different things I can stuff inside them and what's going to be tasty and what tasty morsels I can push right to the end so they have to really work to get the good bits out so yeah yeah they can be really fun and again I like to say to my um, people that I train get your kids involved as well get your kids to think up some interactive games that your dogs can play it's great stuffing out old egg boxes with maybe screwed up bits of newspaper with treats inside or um, shoe boxes you can put a few treats inside so the dog's can get to shred them up and things so it's great to kind of have a little bit of imagination maybe get the kids involved a little bit and and think about different things you can do that your dog will definitely enjoy yeah and I guess on that Mel as well with children is you know get them training you know your adolescent puppy now you know hopefully you have a garden I mean I'm a little bit of a stickler when it comes to dogs and gardens um I feel that dogs should have a garden and certainly if another lockdown were imposed you're going to be you know one step ahead of everybody if you do have a garden but you know get the children training the sit training the stay training the down training the give a paw because you know I remember as a child doing all of these things and it gave me so much more confidence you know just generally because oh you know this was such a fun thing to do and then the dog's done it and I've taught the dog this and and this really builds communication between children and dogs and it teaches it in a proactive way rather than just a cuddling way or running around way so it's calm and it's focused and I really feel that um, achieves 
great things with children and dogs. They are best friends, children and dogs. They really are. I mean, I don't have kids myself, but all my friends' children, I adapt my treat bag and wrap it around their waist and pop my little treat bag on them. And I've never seen so many children flock to me and say, could I wear your treat bag, please? Now when we turn (laughs) up with the dogs. So yeah, it's great fun to get them involved. Yeah. Thank you so much, Anna. That was a really interesting chat that we've just had. Um, What I like to do at the end of each episode is have our guests tell our listeners where they can find more about you. And I am sure that most of them would love to see a little more of Prudence and Mr. Binks, as I have been privileged to. So please (laughs) be there. We can find a little bit more about you. Okay. Well, um, you can go to Instagram and Twitter where I'm at Anna Webb Dogs, where there's loads of pictures of Mr. Biggs and Prudence um, on my website as well, which is just Anna Webb co.uk and then of course you can also go to my podcast which is a dog's life with anna webb and that's streaming on all platforms so apple Podcasts, spotify all of them free to subscribe and um yes it's a right good listen actually and there's lots of things that you can learn and um yeah improve your life with your dog Definitely. It's a, it's a fascinating listen, actually. I've listened to quite a few of them and they're really, really interesting. Oh, um, thank you. Thank you again, Anna. Brilliant. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you leave a rating and a review and do let us know if there's anything more you want to know.